0: From Odyssey, I'm Lauren Berry, and this is the On Deadline podcast, where we take a deeper look at stories from our radio newsrooms across the nation. Today, On Deadline is looking at the shooting that killed one, injured nearly two dozen, and left even more terrified on what was supposed to be one of America's great days. After defeating the San Francisco 49ers to win back-to-back Super Bowls, the Kansas City Chiefs were poised to celebrate with their legions of fans. Then, heartbreak struck. As people were leaving the celebration, what cops are now calling a dispute, broke out in front of Union Station in downtown Kansas City. Shots were fired. One person was dead. 22 were injured, most of them under the age of 16. Immediately, people suspected an orchestrated attack, maybe even terrorism. The media, the police, and the public searched for answers. Who opens fire along the Super Bowl parade route with the eyes of the world watching? For many, this tragedy brought back memories of the Boston Marathon bombing, a domestic terrorist attack that claimed three lives a little over a decade ago. Since the shooting in Kansas City last week, two juveniles have been arrested. They're facing gun-related charges and resisting arrest charges, according to Jackson County Family Court. Kansas City police are also still investigating the shooting, and the department is expected to bring more charges against those juveniles. Although suspects are in custody, Many are left shaken by another moment of peace shattered here in the U.S. We're left wondering how this shooting will impact future gatherings. To share more on this, Dr. Michael Cummings, the vice chair of psychiatry at the University of Buffalo, joined Odyssey the day after the shooting. Shock and fear and vulnerability that
1: so many people felt there, and really not just there, but here and elsewhere around the country. I mean, an event like this can deeply affect people, can it?
2: Well, it really can. Um, you know, we talk so much about PTSD, you know, post traumatic stress disorder and, and things that are triggering that. But you know you know, people if ex- to go to celebrations like this and be safe and enjoy things. And, and because of the shootings that we've had nationally, internationally, and unfortunately at home as well, you know, these can be huge triggers for people, bring up a lot of uh, thoughts and feelings that we've gone through with the TOPS tragedy and, and other things that we've dealt with as a community. So yeah, a very difficult and unfortunate time. The stress of maybe a large event, we've talked about it before. It's not something that's too uncommon. You know, people don't like being in crowds, but I'm wondering if that's more and more people now and and for different reasons. Well, I think so, you know I mean, again, everyone's different and everyone, you know has different things that may trigger them or, or, or cause distress. But it's hard to wrap your head around, you know, the idea that you're going to something that's a celebration for your community that you're going to enjoy, that that you've been looking forward to all year. And, and, and you know, when something goes a little bit awry, we're, we're disappointed. But when you have just such a senseless loss of life and injury and how many people affect it just, you know, it, there's really not words to put to it.
1: And we're not even 24 hours since that happened, but some people may not feel the effects from this for days, right?
2: Well, really, so post-traumatic stress disorder, kind of by definition, really, doesn't occur until about a month after the, the inciting trauma. We have something called acute stress disorder, which which many people have in, in, in something like this. And you, know, you have symptoms of irritability and nervousness and depression and anger and, and fear and all these things. And for most people, those things will subside over time. Post-traumatic stress disorder is something that happens afterwards where it really kind of consolidates and, and affects your life for a very long time, possibly forever. So, you know, it's one of those things that you, have to be on the lookout. And, you know, 10, 20, 30 years ago, we would talk about post-traumatic stress disorder being something you had to experience yourself or uh, a very close loved one or family member had to experience. But in in today's time of social media and everything else, really experiencing what we call vicarious trauma, experiencing it, watching other people experience it, watching it in the media, talking about it, which of course we will all be doing. Um, and, And given that it is both a tragedy and associated with sports, it will be on every aspect of media for, for you know for the next however long, even seeing something that didn't directly affect you is enough to cause PTSD for some people. So people just need to be aware that if they're feeling distress or having problems or struggling to reach out to their primary care providers, to you know, mental health professionals, to their church, to wherever they find support because it's a very real thing and, and, and it will affect people and certainly it has, but it'll affect people who are just talking about it, not just merely people who experienced it.
0: After the initial shots rang out, there was pandemonium amongst the parade-goers. Some fled to their cars, others looked for safety, and some found themselves in very unlikely situations. Take teenager Gabe Wallace, for example. He attended the parade with a friend and then suddenly found himself fearing for his life in the arms of Kansas City Chiefs head coach Andy Reid. Security guards, Reed, and even several Chiefs players started grabbing those nearby after they heard the gunshots and were pulling them into the station. Wallace shared all this with the Kansas City Star. He was kind of hugging me, just like, are you okay, man? He told the publication. Are you okay? Just please breathe. He was being real nice and everything, said Wallace of Reed. NFL reporter Albert Breer shared more on the incident, noting that several players were also working to calm kids and adults down after the shooting. The Chiefs left the parade in buses and in shock. I'm told players were unbelievable calming panicked kids down. He said that Blaine Gabbert, Trey Smith, Austin Ryder, and Chris Oladokun were among those who rallied to help people. He wasn't a member of the team, but one man from the crowd is now being dubbed a hero after a video showed him tackling one of the shooters. That man's name is Trey Filter. He joined Odyssey to share what he saw and how he stepped up.
1: I would imagine the adrenaline just kicked in. You saw something, you reacted, and, you know, you did what you did. You tackled this guy, held him down until police arrived. Has it started to set in for you? Have you stopped shaking yet? Has it started to set in? What happened?
3: Well, it's it's been quite a ride here in the last twenty four hours and or less actually. Um, I, I, yeah, there was another gentleman that heroically, um, you know, helped me uh, that also uh, helped hold that guy down. What happened was we we were just enjoying our day like normal and we we'd been a year before, so we just wanted to to have another uh, repeat of that. So we we were enjoying the end of the parade festivities and began to work our way towards our vehicle. We were just in a sea of people, as you can imagine, and we hear this. When we hear the supposed gunshots at that time, I didn't think they were gunshots because there was a heavy military presence. You know, they had firepower on top of roofs. I think a lot of people, if you would ask them, probably felt safe there yesterday because of that. And once we heard those shots, a few minutes went by and then it's get him, get him, you know. I looked to my left briefly and see like a flash. The more I think on this, the more I have to, to sit with it, I do remember like there was other people And he looked sketchier than the others. It was just a quick thing. Uh, I hit him. Then the other gentleman rolled him. And then we scrambled to get back on top of him. At that point, they're screaming, there's a gun, there's a gun.
1: And your wife actually gets the gun, right?
2: She she takes the gun away while you are on this guy. And when people were yelling, get him, get him, get him, did did you have time to to think or because i mean everyone wonders yeah. how they'd respond in this situation right yeah, and you just I, I you was just the did. same
3: guy that wondered what would happen and that's what i did so it's it just popped out of me i'm not a, i'm not a badass or anything so it's uh yeah um it was a lot going on so i thought that he still had a firearm the gentleman helping me hold he was screaming he's got a gun so i knew he didn't have the gun so i tried to reach under the man to feel for it i didn't feel a gun and i saw his ribs were open so i just started hitting him with his ribs
1: so, Trey, you've been telling your story over and over since this happened, and I can hear you are tired. You've been called you've been called a hero now. And earlier this week, you were just a family man from Wichita, married, couple of kids, and then this happened. How are you?
3: I I would say hero would be a stretch, um, but we um we're just glad to be home and safe. You know, we 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 had a big day. We that was the second time the Chiefs have ever had a parade with that we could attend. Uh it was Valentine's Day. We encountered a mass shooting that we dodged and then managed to see my wife even put her hands on the gun. So it was a hell of a day.
0: Is this truly the new normal? Are we just destined to be on the lookout at every movie theater, school or big gathering we attend? Can we expect Mardi Gras, Pride, or any other major parade to be safe? To share more on what this tragedy could mean for future events, crime and terrorism analyst Brad Garrett joined Odyssey.
2: Brad, it's, of course, and we've spoken with people throughout the morning, the worst fear of any police officer, anyone involved in event security, that any time you have a mass gathering like this, something like this might occur.
4: Uh, There is no doubt, because this is not a cleared crowd, cleared being that nobody has gone through physical security, metal detectors, etc., because you can't do it. A uh, crowd 800,000 to a million, and even in smaller jurisdictions, Brian, if you have like a big festival or whatever, and there's several thousand people there, and because of the nature of what it is, it's outdoors, and uh, nothing's really confined, you're not going to be able to clear these, these crowds. And so unless law enforcement has some advanced intel… You're gonna to have to just react to what happens, which clearly happened yesterday. Fortunately, they, there was a lot of law enforcement within you know a minute or two probably of where this shooting occurred. And so the immediate response, I'm sure, helped. But you know, these things are really not easy to work. When you have so many people, And think about the number of people that would have fled, and rightly so, of course, that may have video or still photos of the shooters, of what happened to some degree. So, you know, they're in the process of tracking that down with the FBI's help. But, you know, these are not easy to put together. And it, it, you know, it strikes me that we don't really have a lot of information. I mean, are the three people in the custody the shooters and the number of people shot? But fortunately, so many of them not critically. 11 children. I mean, that certainly suggests, you know, they were just standing by in in close proximity to a dense crowd and they're getting hit because of, you know, reckless shooting, basically.
1: Yeah. And it could have been far worse. We saw that fight or flight response, you know, as the crowd panicked, most people fled, but some, some fought. I mean, bystanders who decided to take action, hold a shooter waiting for police. How about that?
4: Yeah, I know. I mean, it's a, it's 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 a wonderful thing to hear and that the people were, you know, did the right thing. And it's, you know, it's another example of, you know, that when you have crowds like this, statistically you're going to have a number of people armed because they have a right to be armed. And I, I get that, but it statistically doesn't work out well you know when people get into arguments if that's what this is, and they pull out guns instead of physically fighting each other. So we'll see if this is, you know, was this uh, spontaneous? People pulled guns out, maybe. Uh, was it one group going after another? perhaps? Or is it has to do with drugs or a domestic situation? Do we just we just not really know,
1: Do you see the end of events like this that attract massive crowds or not necessarily?
4: Well, I think people like to celebrate when something really cool happens. And, uh, you know, it's good. Cities do these things. I think it pulls cities together. But yeah, I mean, you wouldn't find me in that crowd. I mean, I guess because I just know what could be out there. But the point being, I think people should have a right to go and do these kinds of things. But will there be people that will be less likely to go because of this happening? Maybe. But I, I think people still think This is not going to happen to me, and I want to be part of whatever it is you're going to, the event. Um, So I don't think it'll change those, but it certainly, I think, will change some people's minds.
0: So far this year, there have been 55 mass shootings across the country, according to the Gun Violence Archive. It defines a mass shooting as four or more people being killed or injured, excluding the shooter. When it comes to laws, Missouri, where the latest mass shooting happened, is particularly gun-friendly. It's a permitless carry state, which means that anyone who can legally own and use a firearm can also carry a concealed weapon. No matter where you fall on gun laws, data from the CDC shows that gun violence has become an increasing issue in the U.S., And whether we experience this violence firsthand or just see it splashed across social media and the news, it can have an impact on all of us, as Dr. Michael Cummings mentioned earlier in this episode. And we could all use a little help. Resources for dealing with stress related to the recent mass shooting and numerous others that now live in our consciousness are available at the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Administration hotline at 1-800-662-HELP. This show is produced by Joe Heady, Christy Strauser, and Myron Kaplan. I'm Lauren Barry. Thanks for listening to On Deadline, Odyssey serving of a top news story just for you. Subscribe on the Odyssey app or wherever you find your podcasts to stay informed.